queer life in Montreal was wild. Montreal in the 90s was a great time, but it had a dark side. It was not a safe city for gay people back then. But what else was behind a series of deaths in the city? Somebody's killing gay men. We want to know why. I'm Francis Plourde, and this is The Village, The Montreal Murders. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Millions of Canadians do not qualify to borrow from banks, and so when they need money, they turn to alternative lenders. That loan can often be a lifeline, but it comes at a high cost. Lenders typically charge 35 to 47 percent interest. The federal government is taking steps to crack down on what it calls predatory lenders with an interest rate cap of 35 percent. Donna Borden is co-chair of the East York chapter for ACORN. It's a community-based group of Canadians who fight for the rights of low and moderate income people. Donna, good morning. Good morning. You're doing this work because of your own personal story. Um, You ended up borrowing money from a lender rather than a bank. Why were you in that position? Well, I did go to the bank. The bank told me that I didn't have bad credit. I just had too much credit, a bank that I had been at for 30 years, and they referred me to City Financial at the time. I want to consolidate all my payments mm. together. And C- City Financial was an alternative lender. Yes, they are. They're called Fairstone now. How much interest uh, did they charge you? How m- well, let's talk about the loan first. I mean, how much money were you trying to borrow from them? It was $10,000. $10,000. And what sort of interest did they charge you for that? I believe at the time it was 32% and then whatever the fees associated with it. I believe it started off at 32%. Started off at 32%. How long, how long did it take for you to pay that off? Uh, seven years, eight years later, they were still saying, I went to a debt program and they were still saying I owed them $7,000 after paying them $24,000 in payments. So you, you paid them $24,000 in payments for a loan that was nowhere near that amount of money? No, it was only a $10,000 loan. And after I realized that they were refinancing it, I went to a uh, the debt program Credit Canada. And I thought, oh, they couldn't possibly do anything wrong if I'm going through a debt program. And they were still doing refinancing it and adding fees. And so I finally asked Credit Canada to stop paying them. And I would deal with them separately. And I told them I wasn't giving them any more money. And they claimed I stole them 7000 I even sent them proof of all the bank statements of all the money I paid over the years. And they said, yeah, we don't care. You still owe us $7,000. So I told them to take me to court. What was that like going through that, trying to figure out how you're, I mean, again, you take a $10,000 loan out and suddenly you're paying a whole lot more than that. It was pretty shocking, but it was also a little humiliating because you think you ask the correct questions. You ask them how this works and like how, you know, do you calculate, like you do credit cards, do you calculate this, do you calculate this? And they they say, yes, yes, yes. So you figure you figured it out and that you could pay it off quicker. But um, it doesn't work that way. And when, even when I asked Credit Canada, I said, how do they calculate the interest? They said, we don't know it. They just do things differently than other people. So did, that's the question. Did you think when you went in that you knew the terms of the loan? Yes, I did. I thought that I understood everything. They said you would make this many payments for this many months and then you would be paid off. But they're still charging you that 38, whatever the percent is, 
they're charging you on top of everything else. So you're not, they charge, they, they, they outline it. They say, you're going to pay this much. And this is your, you know, the cost of borrowing, which is usually more than what you're, what you're borrowing. And then the total amount, they say, oh, you're paying this many payments and it's paid off, but it's nobody has ever paid off. They still owe the same amount of money at the end of that period. How familiar is your story? I mean, in the work that you're doing with Acorn, how familiar is, is your story to what you hear from other people? Oh, I've been, I've been working with Acorn for 10 years and I'd say I've spoken to and dealt like through, you know, different things that, you know, different conferences and things that we've had for at least a thousand people and people were the same way. They said, we, we thought we understood the way they calculated. We just don't know how they calculate. No one seems to understand. Accountants don't understand. People just don't understand. And they, they won't provide you with any information. And they won't explain to you how they do it mm. as well. It's, you know, it's confusing for everyone. The federal government is bringing in this law to cap interest rates on these loans at 35%. What difference do you think that will make? It'll make a big difference. They um, calculated that it would save over something like $2 million for low to moderate income people who are taking out these loans. So it's, it will save a lot of money for the people t- needing, you know, to go to these loans because there's no alternative. Like, the, well, the, len- the lenders say that there isn't any alternative. And we're going to hear from, from this lenders association next, but they say that if, if that cap is at 35%, that their members, the people who lend out that money wouldn't be able to afford to make those loans to higher risk clients. And then, then those clients will end up unable to borrow the money or they're going to have to go to a loan shark who might charge you even more money. What, well, what, do, you, what do you make of that? Well, I maintain that these these uh, alternative lenders, they behave like loan sharks. They show up at your house to collect money. They phone in your family members and they call, you know, that's what loan sharks do. In Quebec for several years now, they've been charging 35% and Easy Financial has boasted to its members that their services are actually increasing in Quebec. So they're actually doing better in Quebec, and they've been 35% for many years now. They're so, doing better despite that cap. Yes. So I don't think it will um, make a big difference. I think they just want to scare people off. I mean, this is a big cut to their the money that they make. Mm. But in the long run, there's 35% is still really high. Donna, glad to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on. Donna Borden is co-chair of the East York chapter for ACORN. The government has just finished consultations and is considering capping interest rates at lower than 35%. A statement from the Office of the Finance Minister, Christia Freeland, says, predatory lenders can take advantage of the most vulnerable people in our communities, including low-income Canadians, newcomers, and seniors, often by extending very high interest rate loans. Given the notable profit margins of many of these lenders, suggestions that lenders might deny credit to some of the most vulnerable people in our communities is entirely irresponsible. Well, today, the Canadian Lenders Association is launching a campaign that opposes the government's move to cap rates. The association represents more than 300 alternative lending companies. It does not represent payday lenders, which offer very short-term loans. Gary Schwartz is the president of the Canadian Lenders Association. Gary, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Do you think that 47% interest is a reasonable amount for somebody to pay? Look... Um, you know, just to speak back to to Donna, um, look, it's heart wrenching when somebody hits a speed bump on their financial journey. But 
the in our industry, and we reflect all lenders, everybody from you know prime, which would be the banks, to near prime to non non-prime lenders. We service all Canadians to a need of credit. And so everybody who you give a loan to, you have to assess based on their risk. And so there is a range of risk, even at 47%. Do you think Canadians that were turned down do you, or, or, you know, for credit? Do you think that 47% is a reasonable interest rate for somebody to pay? 47% is actually, uh, for somebody who needs access to credit, is something with installment payments that can be paid back and they can build their credits the next time they walk in to somebody who needs to offer them. Alone, they can pay it, uh, you know, pay it at, at a, a low interest rate. So that's, Look, so that's, that's a reason. So that's, so that's a reasonable interest rate to you, then. And Look, I, I ask, dollars. I ask in part because the government yeah. characterizes that rate of interest as predatory. Do you think that your members are? It'll, do you think your members are predators? No, no, no. Predatory lending is when you get a loan that you cannot repay when that loan is not reported and doesn't allow you to build your credit score. What we are concerned about is the success of our customers. What we want to make sure is that they succeed, that they repay their loan. And nine out of 10 non-prime Canadians who go for a loan repay it and they build their credit score up. So the next time they walk into a lender, they can get a better rate. You have said, these are your words, you've said that, that lower interest rates will not make life more affordable to Canadians. Can you help me understand that if somebody is paying 35% rather than 47%, how is that not more affordable? Look, our goal is to make sure that Canadians get open access to credit. But what, what, about that, drop... what about that question, though? You said that, that this is not going to make life more affordable to Canadians. If you're paying 35% compared to 47%, how is that not more affordable? Just help me understand that. Look, if you have a cap at 35%, it what it really means is that 4.7 million Canadians will not have access to credit. If they don't have access to credit from our lenders who can allow them to pay back in installment-based lending, they will have to go to other sources. They will have to go to payday. They will have to go to predatory lenders such as loan sharks. You do not want somebody to get into a debt trap where they can't pay back their loan. What we focus on is to make sure that somebody gets a loan and can pay it back in installments. Once they pay it back, nine out of 10 people pay back their loans. That is reported to a credit bureau. When when you have a, a good repayment history, your credit score goes up. So the next time you walk in, to a lender, they will give you a better rate. And that's how it works right up the ecosystem from non-prime all the way to prime. You would, though, admit that if you're paying less in interest, I mean, that is, by definition, more affordable to Canadians, right? Of course. And our goal is to make right. sure that we can give the person the best interest rate that we can based on their risk. But if somebody doesn't have a credit score that or doesn't have the history, is new to Canada, um, has had a life event which makes them, you know, uh, it makes it difficult for them to walk into their corner bank and get a loan. They need access to credit because a car breaks down. They have a life emergency they need to be able to get credit in a way where they can pay it down in, in a, you know, in, in a regular basis, you know, in a, in a, in a regular monthly uh, form that allows them to 
to move on, to to consolidate their, their loans, to pay off things that are important to them. And if you do not allow uh, lenders to lend to somebody in that credit band, then that person has no alternative. The, look, the, the, if somebody needs access to credit, mm. they will get that money somehow. What, 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 what evidence, what evidence down, do you have that people are going to go to loan sharks? In the UK, there was a study that was done, I'm sure you know this very well, that showed yeah. that this didn't happen, that people weren't accessing uh, money from loan sharks. They were going to family. They were going to friends. Of 1,500 people who were surveyed, only two people um, said that they would consider going to a loan shark or an illegal lender. So what evidence do you have that well, this would happen? Yeah, so, so look, if you look at examples like the UK, like Quebec, like California, actually it shows the opposite. There's a study that came out um, j just in 2022 called Swimming with Sharks out of the UK, where over 1 million um, borrowers that were borrowing historically from lenders after the rate cap was introduced are borrowing from illegal rent, uh, lenders. And, and many of those illegal lenders are connected with organized crime, which is exactly what the study that came out today from the OACP, which is the Ontario Associations of the Chief of Police, where they say that in, in all these jurisdictions, if you create a vacuum and you don't service uh, the non-primes who are in need of credit, mm. then other other characters move in to service that need. That's that study you helped generate as well. Your your industry organization helped to create that study as well, right? We work closely with the Ontario Association of the Chiefs of Police. Right. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of money that's at stake for your members, and people might wonder why those lenders can't make enough profit when they charge thirty five percent interest. What's the answer to that? Well, look, it's, it's very expensive to lend to somebody that's high risk. So you have in, in it's not uh, it's very different from, for example, a bank. They, the cost of capital is up to 15 percent. The administrative fees of servicing somebody in the in the non-prime sector is extremely expensive, underwriting the collections. And then on, on top of that, you have a rate cap. You know that's been introduced on the end. So the the lender is is squeezed between the cost of capital, the expense of administering the loan, and the rate cap. And in our sector, I can tell you that a number of lenders are going to exit the market because if they can't service, you know, Canadians that are in need of a loan in uh, the uh, in in the the non-prime sector um, uh, uh, over you know, 35%, it makes it untenable for them to, to offer a loan. Untenable? Exiting the market. Untenable? So, the government says it's entirely irresponsible. That's the, the words of the government, the finance minister, and uh, her office to suggest that, that that would be the threat. Look, I, I was I was looking at um, uh, the government website under payday loans before this call, and they they offer tips for people who take uh, payday uh, loans. And they say, look, if you're in a financial emergency, you know, go and get a loan from your financial institution. You'll get a cash advance on your credit card. None of those options are viable options for a non-prime lender. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have an option, you need to get access to credit for something that's happened in your life, an emergency. You need to be able to go to somebody who can give you a loan, a $1,000 loan, a $2,000 loan that you can repay. Installment-based lenders allow you to pay it over a long period of time. In Look, just Matt, let me just take you through we, because I think it's important. Well, we're just very briefly, oh. we are out of time, but... 
Go ahead. Sure. So at $1,000 loan, $1,000 loan at a 47% APR over 12-month term, you're paying back $50 in biweekly payments. That's $235. Now, I know that's a lot, but it can be paid back. And nine out of 10 people pay it back. Their credit score goes up and they can move on to a better interest rate on the next loan. Gary, we'll leave it there. I'm glad to have you as part of this conversation. It's important. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Gary Schwartz is the president of the Canadian Lenders Association. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, And for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Ann Arbor is the Director of Partnerships and Education with the Credit Counseling Society. She's been listening into our conversation. Ann, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. What do you make of of Gary Schwartz's reasons um, in in speaking on behalf of his members for opposing this cap on on lenders' interest rates that, that, that... Part of what he says is that this is not going to be viable for those who are lending money in terms of risk management and that they could leave this sector and the people who need the money because they need the money will have to turn to loan sharks and to organized crime or or something else to, to, to try and find that money. You know, it's worrying on behalf of the consumer for sure. I can't speak to to the business models of the lenders, but you know we're already seeing, and we be in the payday loan sector, and and now into some of the installment loan sector, there are bad actors for sure that pop up and you know go underground as soon as they are as soon as they're found out. What do you make of a forty-seven percent interest rate? Is is that reasonable? Do you think for somebody to pay? I think it's a really difficult situation for sure. You know, when somebody is in need, um, my concern is more where the need is coming from and who the growing need, um, you know, new groups that really were able to manage before, but under the current economic circumstances, I think we're going to have a growing need is my concern. Is it up to people when they go into that sort of arrangement, is it incumbent upon them to understand the terms of, of what they're signing so that they know how much the interest is, they know what they're going to be on the hook for, and that 47% interest is a lot of money that they could perhaps be paying back well beyond the principal that they that they owe? Yeah, it's absolutely important that everybody know all the terms and conditions and that those be really transparent and that the goalposts don't move partway through. I think that's being in debt or being in need is is a stressful enough situation. And if this is your resort, you don't have family that you can turn to, you don't have other sources to turn to, there's no doubt there's a need uh, often, but it, to be really clear um, and understand. And if you don't understand, ask for help. Well, I was going to say, I mean, is your sense, we, we heard from Donna, she said that it was really difficult for her to understand the terms. Is your sense that most people understand what they're getting into when they borrow that money in the first place? Yeah, my sense would be that you're in a in a tough situation, you're in a stressful situation, and very often you're going to grab the first lifeline that's thrown at you. And a lot of these organizations, you know, the not the mainstream lenders, but you're going to have, you know, you ride the subway, you see all those ads, mm-hmm. it sometimes sounds too good to be true. What's at the root, and this is what you, you were hinting at earlier, what's at the root of the problem for most people who are seeking out these loans? Why do they need the money in the first place? 
they just don't have any flex. There's no room. Um, and this is affecting a bigger swath of the population as inflation continues and as mortgage rates go up and all these, you know, as you're renewing mortgage rates at higher mortgages at higher rates. It's just, it's very tight. There's not enough money. There's more month than money and people aren't able necessarily to make their budget stretch. And as Gary alluded to, you know, sometimes there's a speed bump. Life happens. It's not because somebody's gone out and bought too many shoes and purses. It's because groceries have gone up. Gas has gone up. Their utility bills have gone up and they're not making more. And they wouldn't be able to – Gary mentioned this and, and we heard this as well in the statement from um, the finance minister's office talking about specific people, people who might have just arrived to this country, for example. Why aren't they able, if they hit that speed bump, to go to a, a regular bank to access help? Just explain that to people. Well, for a lot of people, um, it is having a, a credit score. It's being deemed worthy. It's being deemed a good risk for a lender, a mainstream lender, to be able to lend at mainstream rates. But the other piece on that with, you know, you mentioned newcomers. We're poised to welcome a couple of million newcomers in the next couple of years, in the next four years. And that's terrific. The question is, well, the fact is credit and the Canadian system of credit is very new for a lot of them um, or unknown. And what are we doing to help them understand that before they get started so that if they do hit a speed bump somewhere along the way, they know what their options are and they know where to go. If they get strapped with this kind of debt, what's the fallout for them? They can, you, who's looking at your credit score? You're looking at landlords. So if they're looking for places to live, is a landlord going to want to rent a nice, safe, clean place to you if you don't have a terrific credit score? Um, often, depending on your function, employers are looking at your credit score. Are you going to land the job that you want to land? So arming newcomers, arming young adults, anybody with the education and the understanding around what they can do to build a credit score, what they can do to manage their money day to day, week to week, month to month, um, and how to save even if it's just a few cents a, a week put some money away for those emergencies with to hope that you don't get into that situation where you need to turn to somebody so i guess in the last minute or so what do we do about this i mean gary says one of the reasons why you know these institutions these organizers uh that the the lenders exist is because they're meeting a need that's there um there is concern about the terms from some people but but that need is there and to your point Life is expensive right now. How do we how do we get out of this so that people don't find themselves in that situation where they see those ads on the subway and they think, yeah, it might be too good to be true, but this is the lifeline that I need right now? I think it is things like education. So, and I don't mean that just at the school level. This money is, the money education is experiential and often we don't learn until we get ourselves into a bit of a bind. Um, but an awareness campaign around or, or making sure that the lenders of any kind are being very clear and those terms and conditions get signed off and those goalposts don't move. Um, the Gary mentioned it, the government does have a, a website that has some great information. There are lots of not-for-profit credit counselors that can help as well. It's, it's not sitting and dealing with it alone. It's talking about money, um, whether that's with a trusted friend, a trusted relative, mm. or reaching out to a trusted source. That's going to give you the tools and tips and resources that you need to organize things up and uh, and move forward. I'm really glad to talk to you about this. Um, it, it's it one of the issues of our time in many ways, and the debt that people are carrying. Uh, yeah. And thank you yeah, very much. It's, it's
Thank you, Matt. Ann Arbor is Director of Partnerships and Education with the Credit Counseling Society. Your thoughts on this welcome. You can email us, thecurrent at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.